This is the Kestrel Country Podcast, where we discuss the people, places, and events all around Kestrel Country. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of the Kestrel Country Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Church, joined here once again by my co-host and lovely wife, Catherine. Hello, hello. And we're coming to you from the conference room at the new Kestrel Realty Group office. Well, new is probably wrong, but we haven't done a podcast in a little while. Nope. So um, yeah, our our, uh, office, we've been here since July, loving it. Yep. Um, The PM team joined in the basement... When was that? September? Yeah. I think so. Not that long ago. Yep. So we've got uh, property management and the realty group office here. Stop by anytime. Come and see us. Um, we're loving it up here. Uh, it's a beautiful spot. Right, Still right practically downtown. But we're kind of sitting up above it a little bit, which is kind of fun. Lots yeah. of natural light. It's a really great little office yeah. office house. Yeah. Formerly house. It's cute. So um, today we've got a fun episode with Sarah Wicks from Vine. Yes, if you haven't been down to Vine Wine Bar located on Main Street, you need to get down there. Well, you should get down there today. If you hear this in time, if it drops in time, <laughs> she's got a Probably wine tasting not, on Friday. Because <laughs> it is Friday yep. and it's almost three. But um, she's been doing free wine tastings on Fridays and she said she was going to be doing those through Christmas. Is that right? I think so. So um, a fun time to stop by and sample and get some fun new bottles for your holidays for Thanksgiving and for Christmas. Yeah. We love that place. It's all, it's been a wonderful addition to Moscow um, since it opened right at the be at the end of last right. year. Um, and yeah, so if you haven't seen it, check it out. And fun you, discussion about wine in mm-hmm. general, about wines for the holidays, getting into wine tasting, the about wine the shop club that they do over at vine, which yeah. I highly recommend. That's been really fun to be a part of. Yeah. So, so. All kinds of fun discussions about wine. Hard to beat. So hope you guys enjoy. It looks fancy, but it's all pretty simple. So it's very fancy. It's fun. So fancy. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us today, Absolutely. Sarah. Thanks for having me. This is really nice to be here and chat with you guys. Yeah, well, it's fun. We're and I was just saying when Sarah walked in that um, I don't know why we did this in the morning, so we don't actually have wine, even we though really we're going to be talking about like wine the whole o'clock. time. But we'll have to do it again and maybe talk about I don't know specific wineries or it'd yeah, be kind of fun to have somebody sometime come in. You know, one of your when you have somebody from a winery up and do a do another podcast with but. a tasting. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah. So I thought maybe we'd just start off with a couple of specifics about, so right now we're going into fall. Um, what are, what do you have a favorite wine right now for fall or something that you got in that that's kind of standing out to you right now that you can highlight for folks? Sure. So, I mean, my favorite wine obviously depends on the day, <laughs> but lately I've personally been drinking a ton of Gamay, which is a great wine to go with Thanksgiving. I've brought in several beautiful Beaujolais from France that are kind of iconic Thanksgiving wines. Um, I've also picked up several new California cabs that I think are, people are going to be wanting as the weather cools down. So uh, Gamay. 
Yeah. How do you spell that? Uh, so Gamay. And where is it? Where is that from? So Gamay is a grape. It's grown in a lot of places, primarily okay. in France, um, in the Beaujolais region. Mm. Okay. They focus on Gamay. Okay. Um, it's just super elegant, super fruit forward. It's going to pair great with Thanksgiving with your cranberries and turkey and all the Thanksgiving things. Um, but it's also just a great wine, you know, maybe even on a Friday morning, we could have mm. sat here and sipped some. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's awesome. So how did Beaujolais become part of the Thanksgiving, the tradition for us in America? Is you know, it, I don't actually know that. Okay. I just know that, you know, that's what people look yeah, for. I think you, maybe just because of the style of the wine, but I okay. honestly don't know. Okay. Good question, though. I should find out. I know. We'll have to follow up on that one. So kind of, that's, I, I love starting in on that, but uh, to back it up a little bit, tell us, tell us some about Vine. So you guys have been, you started or opened... So I opened uh, New Year's Eve 2019, got that one day in in 19, Um, and then, yeah, I've just been open since then. I'm currently open six days a week. Um, I have both a ton of retail, primarily wine with a small amount of specialty beer and cider, and then I'm a full-service wine bar, so you can come in, have a glass, have two, buy a bottle, split it. yeah, so it's been fun. COVID has made it not quite as fun as I was hoping it would be. For your first year out, yes. Right, right. <laughs> January and February, back in the good old days, was great. It uh-huh. was super busy, um, and it's definitely tapered off since then, but I know people will get back out and about soon, hopefully, and you can go back to being more of a wine bar and mm-hmm. less of just retail, which is primarily what I've been doing. Yeah. So is that, I mean, obviously, 2020 was has been a crazy year. Like there's a lot of surprises that were unique to this year. Was there anything else that surprised you about that's maybe been different about the business than when you were envisioning it? Um, I mean, I was pleasantly surprised that Moscow just came out as soon as I opened. Like the support that I had from day one was amazing. Um, I definitely am always surprised by preferences. You know, it'll go through phases of This week, everyone's buying Spanish wine and I can't keep it on the shelf. And then Spanish wine will sit for weeks. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's Italian everyone's looking for. And I can't really figure that out. That was changing those trends locally. It's it's very strange. Um, But it's also fun to watch. Um, So, yeah, I think just meeting people and trying to bring in things that I think people are looking for has been super fun. And hopefully that continues. What inspired you to start it? Um, So when I found out this space was coming open, um, we also own the bagel shop next door, and we definitely kind of wanted to be in control of what went next to our business. Mm -hmm. And we had always felt like Moscow was missing kind of a grown-up place to have a nice glass of wine. I mean, obviously, all of our restaurants have a great wine list, but you don't always want to go to a restaurant if you just want a glass of wine. Um, So just was really inspired by that, that we felt like it was a need in downtown Moscow, so I went for it. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, so it's, do you also work with local restaurants then? Do you supply some of those as well or no? No, they... so in the state of Idaho, if you're selling wine to the public, you have to buy it from a licensed distributor and okay. you can't actually sell to the public and be a distributor. Okay. It's a three-tier distribution system. Hmm. Um, so no, I don't. Uh, I definitely, you know, always talk to all the restaurant owners and mm-hmm. we sometimes have common things um, on our menus, but... Yeah, they're, we're all separate as far as yeah. our purchasing. And gotcha. how did you fall in love with wine? Um, I think it was just something that I always enjoyed drinking. So mm-hmm. it was always my preference over beer or, you know, I'm, I'm with always you down for a good cocktail. But wine is just so diverse, mm-hmm. you know, it's and it can change from vintage to vintage. And, and just learning more about it kind of got me into it. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, just wanting to fill that need in the community. Yeah. 
because the wine company was kind of that thing, although they never had the wine bar or anything no. like that. So yeah. how did that, was that part of your decision? And, you know, was that something that you felt was important to add that extra, I guess the aspect of actually having a wine bar where people come in and taste and drink? And Yeah, I did. So I think just kind of the way people's purchasing habits have changed, just sole retail is kind of going away and you need that extra step of, People can come in, they can try some wine, they can sit down and and see what you have versus just shopping in a retail environment. Um, And the great thing about the wine company was, is um, Terry, who ran the wine company for 40 years, was one of my dear friends, and he actually uh, joined me in Vine. So, you know, again, back in the good old days, pre-COVID, when I had staff, Terry came over and is part of Vine and will be again when sales pick back up. Mm Um, And so I think it was a natural progression of the wine company. You know, as Terry looks towards retiring, it was nice for him to have something where he could step back a little bit from the business side and just do the part that we all know he's great at, which is, you know, selecting wine. Um, So, yeah, I think adding the bar was kind of necessary in today's society. And are you going to be doing food? So I toying with that. I have. Yeah. I did. I did small plates back in January and February. That's all I'll ever do. Right. I don't have the space for a full kitchen or any sort of full service. Um, I'm not doing that right now, just because um, it's tapered off so much that right. I would just be throwing food away faster than I would sell it. Yeah. Um, I do still have a lot of specialty cheese. I have some little prepackaged meat and cheese things. So I do have things to snack on, but it's not. It's definitely not as interesting as it was or will be again. Hopefully. We'll get back there, yeah. Yeah, we'll get back there. But the holidays are coming, and we did. Yes. We tried the raclette. We bought some raclette. Was it last week? Yeah. Yeah. The French raclette. It was yes. great. Good. Yeah, it worked out really well. We we are big fans of the cheese and come holiday season. Oh, right, yeah. 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 I think I have like 14 or 15 cheeses right now, and I've slowly been picking up a few more as the holidays come. And the raclette is one I brought back in in bulk so that you can Very get excited. I think I have it in like pound and a half increments or something. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. It is. Well, it's really cool to be, we, one of the things we talked about when it first, when you were first starting it was just that in this small town, and we've talked about this on the podcast yeah. a bunch too, just all the different restaurant options, but to have an awesome wine bar, great selection, all that in a small town in North Idaho, I mean, it's crazy. But yeah. it's, it's, it's so awesome to have that. One of the things you mentioned that you were surprised by maybe stuff that like uh, an Italian wine will sell for a bunch and that or for a while. Um, Has there been anything overall a big trend that's been surprising or maybe just that you've seen from overall the community? Is there something that generally always sells really well or does that Um, make sense? Like do people are people buying a lot of California cab all the time or? I have no idea. Someone's doing construction somewhere. Hey, we got some construction (laughs) noise. Great. Um, So, yes, but more in a broad sense. There's not a specific wine that I feel like sells a lot. Um, But the thing that I have been very surprised by is just the palette of Moscow in general. So Hmm. when talking to my distributors, I'm buying a lot more high-end stuff than in markets around us, Hmm. And you know, to include, you know, Coeur d'Alene, where you would think it's a resort town. And definitely there's a market up there, but... The wine that sells down here and the market for, you know, that mid-range to higher-end wine is huge. Um, There's definitely orders that I have placed that are bigger than anyone else in the state for specific stuff. And that, to me, is really, really cool that 
we have that kind of wine drinker in Moscow that's really interested in the unique wines, the higher end wines that maybe, you know, we couldn't get before. They just weren't really in our market. So I think it's been super fun to see those customers come out and be excited to have that availability that, you know, they don't have to go online. Yeah. Because when it's right here, you can just grab it on a Friday night and take it home. Yeah. So do you get all those from a distributor or do you work directly with wineries at all? Or do you have to kind of, if you, if you end up with a relationship with a winery, you have to kind of work through your distributor. I to do. Get it all so that. again, it's back okay. to the distribution in Idaho. Um, Idaho wineries can sell direct to me, but no one mm-hmm. out of state. So you have to have a presence in the state to sell. Okay. Um, but that doesn't mean that I don't have relationships with wineries because winery reps do come through town mm-hmm. and they will do that more and more, you know, as things yeah. start to open back up. Um, but yeah, it's, it's all through a distributor and the distributor, I think we have 14 in the area right now, which is just 14 distributors. Yes. Wow. Unbelievable. There are that many. Um, and so there's, you know, hundreds of thousands of wines in the world. I can't get them all, but with that big of a network, I can get most anything that someone is looking for. Wow. When did you start? Oh, I was going to jump into the wine club. Oh yeah. Is that okay? For Can I sure. go that direction? But when did the wine club start? And then a couple of things. Well, you can tell us a little bit about it. We're part of it, and it's been really fun. Yeah, but. so um, I think I did my first wine club release back in March, and it's a different than any you know winery wine club that people are familiar with mm-hmm. in that it's not all from a winery. So um, I've done a lot of different things. I've done specific regions. I've just done things that seem like they're fun and unique. So it's three wines a month that mm-hmm. we curate. Um, for $50. It's our selections. They change every month, obviously. Um, And it's not things that I have otherwise in the store, and I don't put them out for at least a couple months after Wine Club. I just reserve those wines for my club members if they want to come back and get more. Um, And then, yeah, like right now, I, I did a Wine Club that I think will pair great with Thanksgiving. And I also did, for this month, I did an extra. If you didn't want three wines, you could get six. Um, so I have both options kind of with the holidays coming up. I think we'll all be drinking a little extra. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, it's been really fun. And I was, it kind of segues into a question that I had, but, um, cause I think it's fun to just be able to try more things. Right. Yeah. And it's like, there's been a bunch of stuff in there. Like, I've never had this wine before or, or this from this region, region or, or yeah. Cause it forces you suddenly, whereas the individual wineries, it's really fun, but you're getting that winery. Whereas now suddenly we're getting a big tasting of all sorts of different areas. And that's, great especially right. and, as you're new and it's yeah. fun to force yeah to sometimes like well we might want to try new wines but yeah. it's intimidating like well, i don't know what to get you're always picking by the label you, you know or whatever but, but just to yeah like you know and i don't drink a lot of white wine typically mm-hmm. but it's been fun because there's been a lot of consistent great white wines in there and it's like wow this is really good i want to get more of this you mm-hmm. know right yeah i think that's the fun thing about it is yeah. it it's they're still affordable wines you know they average around 18 dollars a bottle um but it's just a way to explore things that you wouldn't otherwise. And if you don't love it, you don't love it. You don't buy it again. Um, and it just takes the guesswork out of it. You know, yep. it's just here's your three wines for the month. And if you like this style, then I have other things similar to it. So I think it's a great way to try things that you wouldn't otherwise pick up off the shelf. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a killer way to get, you know, get a lot of exposure, get into things. But for somebody who's maybe just getting into wine, you know, is interested in it, uh, maybe, want, you know, has whatever, bought the same thing at the grocery store forever, whatever, but wants to get into it. Is there a place that you would start? Um, Would you say that person just needs to come in and try some stuff and you kind of help them through it? Or are they like, hey, here's some good wines to start trying to kind of expand your palate, get into it? 
Yeah, so I definitely have customers that do that. I mean, I have people that'll come in once a week and, you know, it started with, oh, I drink this wine. So Mm -hmm. then I'll recommend something that's maybe just a step away from that. We'll try this, you know, and then it's just a a dialogue of what did you like about that? What didn't you not? How about you try this one? Um, And that, again, is just a super fun way to expand your palate, expand Mm -hmm. your, you know, wine knowledge um, and find new things that you like. So you're not just constantly buying the same wine. The same one. What would you pick for Thanksgiving dinner? Well, what would I pick for Thanksgiving? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm going to drink champagne because it's a holiday. And okay. You have and to champagne, have champagne can go through the whole thing, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. I mean, we could have had it this morning. It's yes. a breakfast wine, yes. right? For sure. Um, we'll definitely drink a Beaujolais. I'll probably, um, we're having a, a few people over. I'm sure we'll hit a Barolo at some point, which is a, an Italian wine. Um, so, yeah, I think we'll probably lean more to the reds and mm-hmm. then move into a dessert wine for after What's after your dessert wine pick? My dessert wine pick, all dessert wine. All um, of it. Yeah, so I I have, you know, a definite affinity for white port, which people a lot of people don't even know exists. Mm. I don't actually have one on the shelf right now, but okay. I'll be picking one up next week. Um, so, so white port, I think, is super unique. So what may, what is yeah. I guess what is a white port? Mm-hmm. So they just make it out of um, white grapes. Okay. Oh, okay. So it's just fortified. Yeah. White. So it's the exact same. It's just huh. a fortified white wine. Oh, What's interesting. How. I guess, so what's different about it? How does it compare to, you know, Ruby or Tawny Port? Like so it's, it's, um, it's brighter and definitely a little softer. So I think it's hmm. a better intro mm-hmm. dessert wine. Um, you know, other great intro dessert wines are ice wines or a late mm-hmm. harvest Riesling or something that leans more sweet and less full-bodied mm-hmm. as a port. Um, so I think it just kind of hmm. depends. But yeah, I think dessert wine is kind of a, for a lot of people, just intimidating and they don't go there. But there's yeah. a lot of great ones out there. Well, and when you're pairing it with something sweet, you know, where do you lean? So if you are serving like, okay, we're going to have pumpkin pie, whipped cream, is the, the white port a better fit than like a, no, the ice wine? Or? I, would, I would probably go like a tawny port with okay. that. You need something with a little more body okay. that has a little bit of the spice to match it. To handle that. Yeah, okay. absolutely. But if you're just sipping on it, do you prefer to just sip on like the dessert wine by itself? No dessert I can replace do, it? I do, but that's because I'm not a dessert person in general. So gotcha. I'd rather just have a glass of yes. wine. <laughs> <laughs> to make that then yeah right no that yeah. makes total sense yeah. now, do you guys have uh you have beer too yeah i do i have a small selection of specialty beer i don't have a lot of beer partially because that's just not my area of expertise um and then we also had a new beer shop open during covid called poor company it's right over by campus and and he is kind of the beer version of what i'm doing okay. and so um, as that opened, I saw my beer sales drop off and I actually, if people are looking for something super specialty, that's where I send them. You know, gotcha. we live in a small town. We all need to support each other. And so I just keep enough beer to keep, you know, my few customers happy and then mm-hmm. let, let poor company be the experts on that. On the beer. Mm-hmm. And they're over, they're on six by, over by campus, right? Yeah. 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 They're on six okay. in the same building as Stacks. Yeah, okay. Yes. What about one of the things I, I think you hear a lot about is, or people, you know, talk about blind tastings and stuff and price. And what do you, what's your opinion on that is, is how much of wine is just straight up personal preference and how much of it is, you know, yeah, you obviously there's quality differences in the more expensive wines, uh, but do you find wines that you're just like, man, this is super underpriced, but absolutely outstanding wine. I guess what, that's kind of a big question. It but is. Maybe to so, tackle the first part of it. Like yes. How much of it do you think is personal preference mm-hmm. and how much of it is kind of the quality of, of the wine? And So I think it really depends because, um, 
I do, I do have a group that we do blind tasting. And obviously, I know what the wines are because I put it together. Um, but even in that group, it's fun to see, you know, a specific wine that maybe one of those members buys a lot, and then we blind taste it, and they're not sure they like it. Or, really? you know, something, you know, or they confirm that they do like it. So I yeah. think that it can definitely be, I've always liked this wine. This is the one I always buy, so I like it no matter what. Yeah. And then maybe if someone didn't tell you that's what it was, it might change your opinion. Um, and I do think price matters. So you can find great $10 wines. Mm-hmm. Um and it's always a hard question if someone's debating between, you know, say a $10 and a $20 wine. Is it twice as good? Well, I don't know. Hmm. You know, how do you define yeah. twice as good? Right. Do I prefer the more expensive wine? Probably. Mm-hmm. But I also think in wine, there's a point of diminishing returns, you know. So I think you get to a point in price, depending on your palate, where when you spend above that, you're really just paying for a higher-end winery or mm-hmm. a name or something and not necessarily more quality because at some point they just can't put more quality into the wine. Right. Hmm. So Do you I have, think is there both. generally kind of a range where that is? Like once you get over a $40, $50 bottle of wine, it's diminishing returns? Or? So for me, yes. So I, in my mind, you can buy amazing wine for under 50 bucks. You mm-hmm. can, you know, you can get great everyday drinking wine for in the 20 to $30 range. Um, but that's my palate. Yeah. And so I think that really, really varies. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, above $50, you're often just paying for a name or a region or something. And is it going to be amazing? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But is it worth twice the price of something else? Maybe not. Hmm. Well, and then there's Sometimes. the other factors. I know. I think that but yeah. the, the, there's these other factors that come into it where if you know what you're paying, you are coming at it being like, this is an amazing wine and it will be amazing. So you're kind of preconceived to know that it's going to be amazing. And then if you add in the atmosphere and the people that you're with and you have a wonderful time, you know, the memory on that wine is like, oh, that wine was super good. But you have all these factors that make up the experience of drinking that wine. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true and can definitely affect it. And maybe if someone didn't tell you, you wouldn't, you know, make the change. But maybe it wouldn't. Yeah. And and that doesn't mean it's all just you know, perception. No, it's because not. It's true. That's a lot of times. part of the experience. Wine yes. is an experience. You know, it's a slow and enjoyable. Right. Activity. Well, and sometimes it's just helpful to have somebody more educated about that wine point out certain mm-hmm. things that you might not. It's like if yeah. if you weren't told, maybe for somebody with less experienced palate, if you weren't told like, oh, there's hints of blackberry or whatever, you know, you wouldn't necessarily pick up on it. But then once you're told that, yeah. you're like, oh, it's not that it's yeah, just right. perception. It's like, oh yeah, wow, you're right. I, I, I get that. Yeah. And it, mm-hmm. it tastes no, better. No, I think that's absolutely true. I think that's one of the cool things about the shop too, and being able to go in and taste because then you can, you know, you can recommend something. You can point out why mm-hmm. this wine's unique. Maybe what you know, you have some tasting notes on it. Um, which is pretty fun, and, and you guys have done a great job in with that just space. the shop. Yeah, because I mean, it's, it's a it's great space to sit down. In. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. So, how did that go with? Because um, that, I mean, that changed completely. You guys went up the two remodel. stories in the front. It did. That was a big project. It, it was, and it was slow and painful because I was super <laughs> indecisive. Admittedly. Well, it's so hard when yeah. you're suddenly every single thing you went the remodel project. It's like okay, every single doorknob and hinge and right. Blah. Right. Yeah. And where do you need an outlet? I don't know. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, it. I worked on it on and off for two years, which was, it shouldn't have taken that long, but it did. Um, and we did. So for the, for the first about 30 feet of the building, we removed the second floor, which just gave it height. And mm-hmm. it also brought in the windows that were on the second floor of the building for a ton of natural light. Um, and through that process, we found some great 
character that was already part of the building that we left exposed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was just kind of a process. I would work on it for a little bit and then I'd be like, well, I don't know what I want to do with this. So I'm just going to let it sit and, and mull that over for a while and then come back to it. But it was definitely a long project that in the end, I think turned out great. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe it was worth the wait or maybe I should have just done it faster. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's certainly awesome. I mean, if people haven't seen it, they need to yeah. go in and What's and the address on Vine? Uh, 312 South Main. Okay. Okay. And what are your hours right now and as we head into the holidays? You know, so right now I'm fun. open 12 to 6, Monday through Friday, although I say that there's no last call. So if you're hanging out, having wine, I usually stay late. Um, and then 10 to 4 on Saturday. And I'm going to maintain that through the holidays with maybe staying open a little later on Friday and Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's likely starting in January, I'm actually going to cut my hours back for a couple of months while it's cold out and people are kind of... Yeah. Yeah. Huddled at home. Um, So I think starting in January, I'll be open Wednesday through Saturday. But all of that information is on my website and social media as I start to think about changing that. And then people can sign up for the wine club on your website or come Um, into the store. Just come in. And um, the way I'm doing wine club at this point, just because of the uncertainty of everything, is it's not mandatory. So if you sign up, it just basically means you get on my email list. I send out an email once a month, come pick up the wines. Mm -hmm. If it's a month that you just don't want to do it, that's okay. You don't even have to let me know. Um, So yeah, just come in the shop and basically provide your name and email address to get on the um, list. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah. And do you have any upcoming events at all? I know you had Long Shadows not long ago. We unfortunately missed it. But yeah. do you have any other wineries coming up or anything? So I do. I'm actually doing um, a complimentary tasting every Friday between now and Christmas from 3 to 6. Um, awesome. And a lot of them are going to be a mixed bag of wine. But uh, next, let's see, Friday the 20th of November will be a Duckhorn-specific winery tasting. Um, and other than that, they're just kind of a fun mixture of four or five wines that fit well with the season so mm-hmm. yeah from three to six every friday awesome that's perfect very good well sarah thank you so much it's really fun to have you yeah, yeah thanks, thanks for, for coming me. in this next time really i said we'll do it with wine <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah <laughs> perfect thanks so much thanks for joining us like share subscribe we'll see you next week